This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? Nathan King here from the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody about one of our great sponsors here on the 24-7 Sports Network, and that is Homefield Apparel. What is Home Field Apparel? You guys, the premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis that produces incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs like Auburn and all of their great logos and designs um, that they've had throughout their history. Homefield digs through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your school. Obviously, one of their most popular collections is the Auburn collection now. Now over 20 pieces in total on their site, Homefield Apparel. Com. If you guys were anywhere on social media, you you were part of the Peacock movement. Um, if you're an Auburn fan of the Auburn basketball season, they've got a great Peacock shirt and Peacock hoodie that says Auburn Hoops. Easily my favorite design of theirs. Um, it's a great, great piece of uh, piece of work for an Auburn fan to pick up to commemorate this basketball season. You guys can still get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com with the code Auburn Undercover. That's all caps, all one word. Auburn Undercover. Please go check it out. You guys love their product, have loved it for a really long time. If you guys have been anywhere in the world of college athletics in the past couple of years in terms of social media, like I talked about, they have been phenomenal. They've done a really good job of branding themselves and they back it up with a great product. And Auburn is one of their biggest sellers, like that new Peacock uh, jacket I was just telling you guys about. So be sure to go pick that up. Get 15% off your first purchase. Again, promo code, all caps, Auburn Undercover at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King, joined here today by a couple of our recruiting experts, Christian Clemente and Jason Caldwell. I know we haven't talked about Big Cat since it happened. Uh, Big Cat Day, I guess, not Big Cat Weekend. It's a big Saturday for Auburn. It's pretty effective. Um, we, we, we usually, I think, would have gotten around to it earlier. We were waiting for possible commitments, trying to just feel out stuff that was going on. Now we feel like we're in a position where got to go ahead and wrap that thing up. Um, and obviously we'll look ahead to what could possibly be a, a big recruiting week um, for Auburn. But of course, they've already picked up a couple commitments um, on Big Cat. Uh, we'll start with the four-star defensive back, Jason um, Amon Lane. This is a guy um, that you and Christian both talked to ahead of his commitment. Um, pretty big pickup and a pretty big, uh, pretty big cornerstone for that. Of course, he's a he's a twenty twenty four, and so a big a big cornerstone for that class to go ahead and get things started with um, a guy like him who loves Auburn and it seems like uh, he could be a pretty big playmaker for them on defense by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, you know, a guy that I really got to know since he was heading into his freshman year at Thompson, and uh, you know, watched him play in a secondary full of future you know SEC level players as a freshman at Thompson. And, you know, we talked to, you know, Jay Gaines and he's like, look, he was our best cover guy even then. And, uh, you know, that was kind of what stuck out to me as well. But you look at him now, he's, he's a more physical player than he was. And of course he's, you know, he's a couple of years older. 
He's still got two years high school football left. And um, I think he's one of those players that, that you kind of pencil in somewhere in the secondary because he can do a lot of different things. But I really believe in, in you know, Jake Gaines, the guy that played at, at UAB, played at Georgia, a little time in the NFL. He believes he's he's more of a true nickel, and I think that's probably going to be his position in the future. And you know, he's physical enough to to play the run and do some of those things, but you know, he's a cover guy at heart. So, um, looking forward to seeing him and and his teammates play this fall. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to go up there and see him. Me and Christian went watching practice, and um, this you know being familiar with watching Moody over the years, this is probably going to be a much better Moody football team than, than we've seen in, in normal years. They got some pretty good players, in, including a wide receiver commitment to Arkansas. So um, good start to the day for them, for Big Cat. Uh, obviously, we were prepared for it, having gone up there and, and gotten everything beforehand. But, um, yeah, Mon Lane is a really good pickup. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just important to get guys that want to be there. He, he's a guy that wants to be at Auburn. They're comfortable. They want him to be at Auburn. Uh, throughout the years, those are the types of players that have been successful at Auburn, and, and I think Amon Lane is going to be one of those guys. Yeah, I think it's a nice kind of in-state pickup just to start off the class, similar in a sense to Braden Joyner, but you're getting started a lot earlier, which I think is crucial. And we'll touch on Adrian Posse here in a little bit as well, but like, you know, some fans were – Auburn fans have almost gotten conditioned in a bad way to the point where they're like, you know, why do we need 2024s right now? You need to be working ahead. Auburn hasn't been doing that over the past couple of years. And now you finally do that, you know, with the restrictions that coaches have and being able to contact 2024s. These recruits obviously don't have that. So now you have Amon Lane, you have Adrian Posse. They can go out there and recruit other guys to Auburn. And that's, I mean, they were doing that at Big Cat. They've already been doing that. So I think Amon is a nice kind of foundation of the recruiting class. And then you pick up Posse as well to kind of help build up that class a little bit. Yeah, Christian, go nuts on Posse because uh, he. So it didn't take long for them to to pick up the second twenty twenty four. A guy that we saw at camp the previous month at Auburn was the biggest dude on the practice field by a pretty um, significant margin. Had a good day there. Um, ultimately, gets a lot of Auburn interest and now ends up being the second commitment for them in twenty twenty four. A four star quarterback out of Miami. Talk about why the Auburn staff liked him to pick up in that class and overall, because I think people are pretty interested in this. What does that mean for 2023 quarterback recruiting and 2024 quarterback recruiting in terms of maybe the numbers, because those two are, are, are pretty connected at the moment um, in terms of maybe a guy like a Brock Glenn, obviously Aaron Nolan is in the mix, just kind of your impressions of posse and, and what you think that that group, that position group might do moving forward. Yeah. So I think posse is kind of exactly what Auburn and Brian Horson and Eric Kisa are looking for in their quarterbacks, kind of that true pocket passer, big NFL type frame. He's like six, four, two Oh five right now. I want to say he's got big hands. He's and he's going into his junior season of high school. He's already a big dude. He fits what they're looking for. Um, he seems to have a pretty strong arm, but I think he's going to have to develop still in some certain areas. The thing I had kind of heard was, you know, if he's, if he makes a mistake, he's prone to make a couple more, but, Again, we're talking about a guy that's going into his junior year of high school. He has plenty of time to clean those things up. So you feel pretty good about it. It's a kid that's top 200 in the 24-7 sports composite. Um, he grew up an Auburn fan. You know, He's from the Miami area. Miami was recruiting him, but he grew up an Auburn fan. So kind of once he got that offer in June, things spiraled pretty quickly to him making a commitment to Auburn. Um, and, and then in terms of quarterback recruiting, you know, we saw Brock Glenn go off the board. That was one that for me personally, had been off the board for a while now. I had kind of counted him out. Um, I've actually come into Auburn for a while. And 
So he commits elsewhere. There's still a couple 2023 names we can throw around a little bit. Um, all in all, though, I really kind of doubt Auburn takes a high school quarterback in this class because realistically, Zach Calzada, Robbie Ashford, DJ Finley, and Holden Gurner will be back after this season or they have eligibility to return and multiple years of eligibility for most of those guys to return. So you don't really have a need to bring in a quarterback. Um, you know, maybe they look at bringing in a guy through the transfer portal if someone were to leave or maybe if multiple players were to leave or whatnot. But I just don't think a 2023 high school quarterback is all that important. I don't think you need to devote a lot of time to – but because the guys that you're looking at are committed elsewhere already at this point. So I don't think you need to devote a lot of time to trying to flip someone at quarterback. And then you do kind of look at 2024, and you have to figure out whether or not you want to take two. Um, and that second would probably be Air Noland. Um, who was in for Big Cat, one of the many um, recruits out of Langston Hughes that Auburn is going after. And, you know, he's he's a kid that Jason and I watched. Um, we've been keeping an eye on him for a while now. We watched him at practice. Very mature kid. Yeah, I know, Nathan, you talked with him after Big Cat. He was excited for Adrian Posse that he was able to commit to Auburn. Um, and he was happy for him. So yeah, Aaron Oland is probably the other name to watch out for in 2024. But I don't think you'll see – movement for a second quarterback in 24 at least for a little while yeah he it was funny we got to see his reaction in real time because i think brock leonard had committed about 30 minutes earlier before they all started to to, to leave big cat on saturday of course of course he was aware of, of posse earlier in the day um but he's you know i asked him because you know it's interesting now to see what happens with their quarterback board, I said, you know, what have they told you? What is what is what does Posse's commitment look like? How many and, and at the end of the day, how many quarterbacks do they want in twenty four? And he said, well, you know, it, it kind of depends. If they get that Glenn guy in twenty three, then they they probably don't need to in twenty four. And we were all kind of stand there and uh, and we were like, well, actually, Brock Glenn just committed to Ohio State. He's like, oh, and he said, well, they'll take two, they'll take two in twenty four then. So interesting development, of course, and and that'll be something to watch. Uh, moving forward, obviously, both of those guys, four-star recruits. Um, Aaron Nolan said maybe Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, um, sort of some, some West smaller Virginia. power. West Virginia. I, I say small, of course, West Virginia in the Big 12. But um, I mean, interesting, interesting to see what happens with his recruitment there. Um, Look, Aaron Nolan is going to take off this fall. You, I, I, I yeah. promise you that. No question. Uh, we saw him in person. Um, you're right, maturity. He's grown. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's much bigger, more physical than he was last year. Jelani Thurman, his, his teammate who visited for, for Big Cat Weekend, he's an Ohio State tight end commitment, will probably have 15 touchdown receptions this year as a tight end. They've got other skill players. I mean, you're right, he's going to take off. Um, just kind of depends on can, can Auburn stay there. He likes Auburn a lot. He has for a long time. Um, but I completely agree, Christian. I mean, if you find the right guy in 2023 – and you go, hey, this is our guy. Here's our quarterback. You take one. If not, then you, you load up and, and, and take a couple of guys next year. So, Jason, talking about that 23 class, of course, we'll get into some guys that we've, we're keeping an eye on that could have decisions coming here in the near future. But in terms of guys that were on campus, um, who are who are those that you were keeping an eye on? I know a guy like a J.C. Hart is someone you were, you've been pretty high on for a while. Good to see him back on campus. Seems like Auburn is making a, a significant push there for, for a local guy. And then you mentioned, obviously, we'll get later into the Langston Hughes crew, which Auburn would obviously love to have um, all of them in that in that 23 class. But who are some other guys that, that were important to get on campus? Uh, I think the guy that that jumps out probably 
maybe first and foremost is Ashley Williams. Um, start talking about positions of need. Um, I don't know that any position on this roster is more important right now than, than the edge position. I mean, you could make a case for offensive line, depending on what happens, you know, after this season, but we know what's happening at the edge position, which is more than likely Dylan Brooks is going to be the, the lone soldier at the end of this year, unless, uh, Joko Willis hangs around and plays there too. I mean, they've got to have probably three, you know, legit guys that are ready to go. And, you know, Ashley Williams was, was committed to Nebraska. Um, talked to him first around Easter, I think, is, is it was when he made a, a visit. But you look at him and, you know, he's listed at 6'4", 215. I actually talked to him and he's he's about 6'5", 225. You can see he's a bigger, more physical kid. And you watch him come off the edge. And, and I you know, I see a little bit of Derek Hall in that, you know, he's not a guy that weighs 250 yet, but I think he'll get there eventually. But he's got a motor. He plays hard, and you got to have pass rushers. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Um, but he decommitted. You know, after his visit um, to Auburn, he's no longer a Nebraska commitment. I think the expectations are that we'll hear something from Ashley Williams pretty soon, and it'll be Auburn. I basically talked to him Saturday afterwards. He's like, you know, it's it's Auburn, Nebraska. And if you're no longer committed to Nebraska, then that would kind of narrow the field down pretty quickly for a guy like Ashley Williams. And to me, I mean, he he's he was an important guy uh, to get back on campus, a kid from Zachary, Louisiana. And so that's where it starts um, for me. And then, you know, you look at it, obviously, you know, J.C. Hart as well, um, you know, could do something soon, I think. Um, Auburn, you know, Mississippi State, UCF, some other schools there, but, you know, he's a guy that is right down the road at Lochapoca. I mean, it's, you know, 10 minutes um, to, to campus. A great student, um, can run, very athletic. You know, that's one that, that could, could, I think, could pop pretty quickly. And, you know, that kind of kind of leads you in to, you know, maybe the then the question marks on, on offensive line recruiting, Christian, and that's where you go now. And, you know, the, the big – you know, I won't say not the elephant in the room, but um, but you know, Bo Hugley, that's that's the one now. Will he, you know, will he stay committed to to Georgia? Um, will he flip to you know Auburn? Um, that's that's kind of now the the big question heading into Friday, where you know Auburn is in very much in the mix for a guy like Connor Lee. Yeah, uh, I mean, you talked about some offensive linemen. Uh, that we're kind of there for Big Cat. We'll touch on them real quick and then get into Hewley. Um, we talked about it a little bit. A guy like Tyler Johnson that came in, he left without an offer. I think that's going to change pretty soon. He looked exactly like Bo Hewley. Bo Hewley is 6'7", 290. Tyler Johnson is 6'6", 300. So very similar frames. Tyler Johnson, I haven't watched him play yet, but he looked like he would be pretty athletic for a tackle. Um, so that's a guy I think you could see a little bit of movement there. And laying the foundation a little bit with Big Cat. And then the other one was uh, Jatavius Shivers, which kind of, not kind of, it was surprising. Yeah. Um, he came in for Big Cat. He leaves with an offer. And he, you know, we talked to him afterwards. He didn't have any plans to make any sort of decision here soon. He was just kind of playing it by ear. He said, you know, he's got some interest in Auburn, some interest in some other schools. And then all of a sudden, Sunday, he commits to South Carolina. It kind of comes out of nowhere. I think Auburn's still going to stay in it with him, uh, try and get him back for a game this fall. But that one was surprising in a sense and probably makes you turn up the heat a little bit more on a Tyler Johnson. I agree. Uh, no question about it. And you mentioned the Shivers, a guy that they visited for one game last year, 
did not get his Auburn offer until Saturday. And so you start talking about, you know, the South Carolina bond was probably there for a few days. And that was, you know, my guess is the big cat visit was, Hey, unless I see something that changes my mind completely, then I'm good to go. And and obviously he didn't see enough at Auburn over the weekend. And, and that longer bond with South Carolina was a big deal for a kid who was once committed to, to Vanderbilt. So, um, you know, that's, I think that's, Kind of where where it starts. You're right about Tyler Johnson. I looked at him coming in. He reminded me of Marcus McNeil a little bit. And you know, Marcus was a bigger kid coming out of high school, but you can see the frame and and uh, the long body and, and the guy that's pretty athletic. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you know, you know we'll look up here in in, a, in you know, maybe a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks before, but I think you can see uh, a guy like Tyler Johnson getting an offer. So um, yeah, that all leads into. A couple of names in Georgia. Actually, you know, there, there's a few names. DJ Chester is obviously a, a big name. Uh, announced his other three official visits today. He's already visited Auburn. Um, you know, big name on the board, number 50 player in the country. But you know, you look in, in Bo Hughley and and you know Connor Lou's decision on Friday are are kind of the two that you point to for Auburn. Going, man, that that could change the fortunes of an offensive line if you were to get both of those guys here pretty soon to go along with a guy like Braden Joyner as maybe cornerstones and foundation pieces on the 2023 offensive line. All right. We will, we'll bring in Mr. Philip Dukes here. Um, who's just now a late addition to the, uh, to the stream Dukes. Welcome. Um, and, uh, we're, we're, we've already touched on the beginning of, uh, the beginning of, I guess the overall impressions of, of big cat, but, uh, you know, the elephant in the room, like, like Jason said, is a guy, um, like a Bo Hewley and, 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 you know, would be a great cornerstone for this offensive line class. Um, but before we, before we get around um, to that, just overall your just takeaways and impressions from what you saw on Saturday and kind of what you, the vibes you're feeling from, uh, from where they could go sort of in the near future, maybe, maybe get a few commitments to pop, just go sort of your overall impressions of what you saw. Um, I think big cat. Can, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Perfect. Right. Yep. Yeah. I think big cat was probably the best, event that Auburn's had under the uh, Harson tenure. Like as far as what I, the feedback that I've gotten, not just, you know, from certain guys, but from coaches and like, so the main thing that I do, like as far as how I get my information, especially when it's centered from Atlanta is to go around places where I know I go to barbershops, I go to restaurants. I talk, I talk to people about what they're hearing. And, uh, Everybody was like, man, Big Cat was dope, right? And uh, I think that Auburn made up a lot of ground with some targets that were there. They got some guys on the hook uh, that I've been hearing. And, uh, like, for example, uh, Marcellius Pulliam, um, he's a guy, MP, like, uh, he really, really bonded with – and I think what was most important about uh, Big Cat was the ability for potential recruits to bond with each other just as much as they were bonding with the staff. And I think the staff opening up some of those games. And, I mean, we've all heard, oh, this staff isn't personable. Oh, this staff, you know, Harson was, was, you know, all right. So I I, I, I peeked my head in a couple of times. I saw Harson being active, right? So uh, I think that uh, Big Cat was really one of those type of uh, game-changing event. Um. Pull him as one guy do I, that I do think. I, uh, when I do drop my insider, I'll have some uh, some specific quotes that he gave me. But he's a guy that I think that uh, really and truly like uh, likes Auburn a whole lot and that uh, Big Cat was an eye-opening experience for him. 
I'm gonna start rolling in now because I think we're I think we're pretty well set up to just roll off of these comments because um, we've, we've sort of got a full house here in the comment section. Um, Christian, is there anything else you want to touch on about we, we've, we've talked about a little bit Connor Lou. Um, we've got a couple questions in here about him. Um, when exactly is I'm committing this week? Um, and kind of yes. what are what, what's the latest you're hearing about him? Obviously, again, offensive line recruiting. While while we're sort of waiting for for some Bo Hewley news, that would be a huge pickup for them. Connor Lou, he's going to be committing Friday. Uh, I'm looking right now for his time. It is at 6:45, so 5:45 Central. Um, that's Auburn, Georgia, Clemson, and Miami. I think it's really kind of been narrowed down to Auburn, Georgia, and Miami for the most part. Um, but look, he'd be a really big pickup. Um, in all honesty, you know, he's only a three-star in the 24/7 Sports composite, but the 24/7 Sports rankings have him listed way higher. I was looking at it earlier today. Um, and in the composite, he's like the number 42 interior offensive lineman. In the 24-7 rankings, he's the 14th interior offensive lineman. And I think that kind of reflects, you know, the finalists and the offers that he does have. You know, all of these, all of his top four want Connor Lou. They think of him very highly as a center prospect. Maybe he could flex out and play guard a little bit as well. But, you know, he's a guy that we've been tracking for a while. Um, I think we all feel pretty good about Auburn, but you know, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Um, we don't have any crystal balls in or anything like that, but feel pretty good about Auburn for the most part. If Auburn does land him, it's because of a major boost from the pro flight school, but Hey, either way he's at Auburn. You're not complaining about that. If you're an Auburn fan, it doesn't matter if it's because of the pro flight school or whatever, either way he committed to Auburn. So we'll have to wait and see what happens on Friday. But if I had to pick right now, I'd probably pick Auburn. Yeah. Would be good again. As as uh, speaking of speaking of Bo Hewley, um, question here that I'll direct to to Dukes. Um, any chance that Auburn that flips Jelani Thurman um, or Stanton Ramel? I, I believe is 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 also what's being referenced here. Yeah, um, Jason has a story on our site um, talking with with Jelani Thurman. He was a guy that Dukes you reported a couple days before Big Cat got kicked off. Um, very very important. Uh, I don't know where he ranks in terms of the importance of guys who were there, um, but certainly you know, a great addition to that. Just, I guess, Dukes, you know, what are what are kind of your current thoughts on him? I know that, you know, it's not something that would happen super soon, considering he just committed to Ohio State. Uh, but what does Auburn's continued pursuit of him look like at the moment? I think uh, Auburn has put on a full court press with him. Uh, the fact that he spent the night in Auburn uh, was big. I've had. Uh, Multiple people from uh, Columbus hit me up over the past couple of days and asked how I felt about it, how his visit was. And I told the truth. I, I feel like uh, from what I heard, he had a great vi uh, great visit. Um, Auburn, which a lot of people thought finished third in his recruitment, uh, made up some ground. Uh, it's, it's something that's going to go to the end. Uh, he did bring family members with him as well. Uh, I think – so what I do think is – that uh, if Bo were to flip, Bo, Bo Hughley, excuse me, if Bo were to flip, that would have a major impact on what uh, Jelani Thurman Tank ends up doing. But at this point, I do think that um, he's solid to Ohio State, but I think Auburn really gave him something to think about. And I think it's going to go all the way to December. Um, if he ends up going like, and, and he's not 1,000% sold on it. And I, uh, I spoke with some people really close to him. They aren't a hundred percent sure that either one of them goes in December. They both could wait till February. So, uh, with that being said, I do think that Auburn made up a lot of ground. I think that uh, even with the Hughley situation, I, I can just go ahead and speak on it now. 
uh, from the people that I talked to. And uh, this went like industry wide. Like I've talked to guys that I've only read about. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like I'm on the phone with this guy. These are guys I really look up to. And uh, the word's gotten out that I have a pretty good grasp on what's going on, on the south side of Atlanta. And uh, with that being said, uh, with with uh, the efforts that Georgia made uh, Sunday night, when uh, and I can't, I never put a date on a commitment, but I will say that uh, Georgia really, really did a lot. Uh, Kirby Smart specifically uh, really jumped in there, and, and, and it seems a, a whole lot like the J J Leo Hurley type deal. But I think this one is a little bit different because Auburn. Uh, he hasn't shut Auburn off yet. And that's the thing. Like, Auburn is really figuring it out. Like, you know what? We have to recruit differently in the SEC. And some may feel like it's too little too late. But from some of the things that I've heard as far as as early as, I mean, I mean, excuse me, as recently as about 6 o'clock this evening about meetings and Zoom meetings and, you know, the whole staff being involved in uh, Hughes, uh, Hughley's recruitment after BitCat. I'm like, hang man, you know, Auburn's really starting to figure it out. So I think that uh, it's something that if I'm going, I'm 99% sure that I'm going to go in and move my confidence on Bo Hughley's pick, uh, crystal ball to Auburn to about a seven or a six. Uh, it's not as cut and dry as it was the other day, but I still feel like the amount of attention that he's given to Auburn is just as equal as what he's given to Georgia. And the, the, the person that told me what was going on in, it's been it's went industry wide. Uh is a I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus, but yeah. Uh they they Auburn really thought they were gonna get them this weekend. I'm pretty sure uh when we saw other people put in crystal balls or or their predictor picks. But at this point, um I feel like it's still a battle. It's gonna go all the way until he decides to sign. But one difference that I do know is that he is no he is absolutely number one on Auburn's board at this point. And I think that uh that's gonna go a long way. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I never put a date in on a prediction, but I, I'm not going to flip that prediction. I, I feel like uh, I'm not sure where he signs, but I do feel like he at least Auburn is going to be made public as the, as his leader. Okay, I can't, I, I won't come off of that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, my very next question was whether he was the number one offensive lineman for them across the board, but I guess that... Uh, I think he might be... I mean, Dukes just said it. He might be the number one player. Like, I'm going to probably yeah. do it. Auburn's 10 most wanted. He might be above, like, a guy like James Smith, Quay Russo package. He, he, well, in terms of importance, you know, I, I talked about, you know, um, you know, offensive line, it, it's hard to be more important than, than them when, you know, 
we've talked about it a little bit, but I, I think people need to understand what this looks like and because, you know, we recently we've, we've found out a little bit more about the offensive line from this year. We already knew that, that you know, uh, that Nick Brahms is going to be gone because his eligibility is up. We knew that Austin Troxel was going to be gone because of his eligibility was up. We knew that Brandon Council was going to be gone because his eligibility is up. We also knew that Alec Jackson was going to be gone because his eligibility. So that's four that you knew that you're going to lose. We also now have learned that that Killing Zaire and Brendan Coffey eligibility will be done after this year too. Yep. So that's six guys all with starting experience that you will absolutely lose. But Keandre Jones is a guy that if he plays really well, heck, he could could go to the NFL, would, would give you seven. And then you look and you know, Jaleel Irvin and Cam Such are both seniors. Now they, they have potentially have another year if they wanted one, but you could lose up to nine offensive linemen. That's not counting anybody that transfers out. So you start talking about the the plug and play kind of guys, and there are not many of those guys at offensive tackle. But you better go find some guys that are that are at least close to ready. And Bo's one of those guys that'd be close to ready, and that makes him obviously a huge part of this. And um, and you got to have numbers. You know, they've got to have probably five legit high school offensive linemen and a couple of transfers maybe. And you're going to have to sign your seven offensive linemen in this class. Um, and you don't like to do those things because it makes you unbalanced, but they don't have any choice. Um, so Bo in there, obviously some of these other guys, somebody asked about Stanton Ramel, um, like just committed to Michigan state, which uh, again, you start talking about surprises. That was a huge surprise for me. I thought Tennessee for a while, you know, they felt like they were the leader and, you look and and I don't remember many years, and I, well, there's none. I've been doing this 23 years. Um, Auburn has recruited a couple of guys that have committed to Penn State, and now they've recruited a couple of guys that committed to Michigan State. That has not happened. That's how different recruiting is. Um, and and you know, I had a question from from Sean here about will the season affect what Hughley does? I think it's going to affect just about every one of these guys. Um, Duke's mentioned, you know, Jelani Tank, um, you know, spoke to Tank the other night, and there's no question in my mind for him seeing what Auburn does with the tight ends, how they use those guys, and these first five games of the year, it may not it may not get you a bunch of guys, but it might get you back in the picture to go, okay, let me give these guys another look and, and see what happens before December. So, yeah, it's everything's important right now. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, if, if KJ turns pro – you're talking about an entirely clean slate along the offensive line in terms of your starting five, which is not necessarily ideal. Um, Christian, I'll lob this one to you. There's a question from Micah about 10 minutes ago, so appreciate you hanging around. Um, I saw you talking about something like this the other day, Christian. Is Auburn after any other running backs um, in the 23 class? Obviously, they had their lone running back commitment at the moment um, on campus for Big Cap, as were several other other commitments for this class um what does that board look like and, and how many players do you think they're going to take there yeah i think they'll try and take a second running back um Roderick robinson is kind of the main name i can point to right now who was in auburn in the spring he was going to officially visit in the june uh in the june in june um and a couple days beforehand he committed to ucla so auburn didn't bring him in i think auburn wants to bring him back in this fall though for an official so he's kind of a name to watch out there um I don't know if there's anyone else really that high on the board right now. Maybe Dukes or Jason could point to someone that I'm not really aware of, but I think the running back board will evolve a little bit this fall as you see players, um, as you just see games and they're able to watch film and whatnot. So I do think 
in all likelihood, they probably take a second running back because, you know, assuming Tank is gone, that really only leaves you with Jarquez, Damari, um, Jeremiah Cobb next year. So you'd probably like to bring in a fourth guy there, but we'll kind of have to wait and see. It could be a transfer too. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's when you're right. That's a position where you could see a guy kind of come out of nowhere here in the next couple of weeks um, when, when teams start to get on the field and see a guy that, you know, you know, maybe was, you know, 185 last year's 195 now and, and has gotten faster and all of a sudden changes from maybe a mid tier guy to a guy, okay, we, we need to make a move on him or at least take another look. So um, yeah, you know, the, the question for is going to be numbers. How many do you sign versus how many transfers do you take? And, and where do you go get those players, you know, in terms of what positions do you, do you, do you target? So I, you know, it's a, everything's very fluid nowadays in recruiting because of that, because of the transfer portal, because of everything involved. Uh, got one here that I'll just lob to the group um, from Auburner 99 about just vice and lane question mark. Uh, I guess, where does that stand in terms of Auburn's uh, offensive line board for whomever wants to take it? Uh, I can start just a little bit. I, you know, I've been, not skeptical necessarily. I just don't think he's ever been a super high target on Auburn's board for the long haul. He's visited a lot. He's from just down the road, but I think schools like Arkansas, Texas, and some other places have made him a lot higher of a priority than Auburn has. Um, and so I think Auburn might be keeping him warm a little bit. Obviously, he was in for Big Cat, but I don't think that's a guy that Auburn is putting the full court press on to land a commitment for right now. So I got one here. Um this is a good question from Wardam ATL. What was the deal with the 50-50 comments by Love? Obviously, that's referring to um, Terrence Love, four-star safety commit in their 2023 class. Was that a quote taken out of context? I was thinking um, he was solid. Christian, was that your story, I believe? No. So I, I think it was uh, reported from another site, a South Carolina site um, okay. or something like that. He's been saying all along he plans to take all five official visits, and Dukes can touch on a little more, but – you know, other schools are putting the press on for him. He's a talented player. So, yo, um, just to add in with love, like, so a lot of schools were waiting until uh, they saw what they really thought he was going to be. Uh, he he lost. I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, he lost about twenty pounds since the uh, in the last season. Uh, he had a shoulder injury, and uh, so you know when he was in that two fifteen, two fourteen range, a lot of people he just has a large frame. He's got a three-ass glove type hands. People see, saw him as a linebacker. So that was one of the things that I've had conversations with people that have said, you know, Terrence Love may be a four-star safety, but he could be a five-star linebacker. And uh, I think as, you know, the word has gotten out and he, uh, the 707 circuit, he's going to get a lot more pressure because more schools are going to offer him as a uh, as a safety. South Carolina has been on him. Arkansas has been on him. Miami has definitely been on him from what I'm hearing. But I think that um, – the sense of urgency that Auburn has right now recruiting has really impressed me versus what I've saw or what I what I've seen, what I've saw, however you want to say it, earlier in the process. It's like they're learning as they go. And a lot of people just like to say, you know what? Well, they should have known when they got here. I mean, but there's no way like excuse me. Like sometimes I, I like I work every day, right? And so even me being a plant manager, ops manager. I never, I knew everything I could knew about. I couldn't have, I could have known about being a plant manager before I got there, but there was nothing to prepare me for being in there until I got there. Then I think that's the same thing that's going on with these guys. So 
as far as Terrence Love's recruitment, there are guys who've already had some of these SEC type battles, and Auburn is fighting. And uh, I think the best thing that Auburn can do for Terrence Love is to continue to recruit him as if he's not committed. And I think that'll go a long way. So, uh, yeah, there, he like there's no telling if if Langston Hughes has the year that everybody around here thinks they're going to have. It's only going to get rougher and rougher for a guy like Terrence Love in order to keep him in the class. But one thing I will say is I do think that uh, uh, Zach Etheridge and Auburn are up for the challenge. Yeah, before you got in here, Dukes, uh, both Jason and Kristen were talking about Aaron Noland. We referenced the interview we had with him and just kind of the other schools he was talking about, like a Wake Forest, the West Virginia, a uh, Vanderbilt, and both Jason and Christian agreed that when people more people start to see him on the field, like you said, possibly having a really good season for a good Langston Hughes team, um, could continue to take off, could t- could continue to move up the rankings and start to garner those offers. Um, all right, guys, as we we'll sort of move to the end here and 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 try to put a bow on this thing. Um, is there anyone I've missed in terms of guys coming up this week? You you, you know we're sort of tracking bow and seeing what's going on there. Um, Ashley Williams, obviously, do we have a do you have an idea of, of whether that might be this week? Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be this week. I just don't know, uh, you know, exactly. My, my guess is is that we'll we'll have that one. You know, something would happen before this week's over with for Ashley Williams, and obviously important one if it were to happen for Auburn. Um, so, um, you know, I think you know that's probably the the guys that we're waiting on. Obviously, you never know, but nowadays most of the time these guys will will kind of give you an idea of hey, this thing's going to be in a week. Um, you know, used to you, you might have a guy that just decides to commit and that's it, it's over with. Uh, nowadays, it's either on video or there's a video or an edit that needs to be done. So normally you have a little bit of an idea, but it looks like the the, the next few days, you know, if it falls right for Auburn, it can, can build a little momentum. All right, so we'll we'll close things out here. We have some questions, actually, some subscriber questions um, from the thread that I put up. Um, this one from Aubie 33, I guess, I guess Christian, you can grab this. Um, it says, how many offensive tackles do we sign? And you, you sort of touched on it earlier that this might need to be a big offensive line class for them. Uh, I mean, you're going to be signing at least two offensive tackles, um, high school guys. You might be bringing in one or two more transfers as well, depending. I mean, you probably will need to bring in probably two transfers. So I'd probably look at two tackles. Look, Jason touched on it earlier. It's going to be like seven maybe even eight offensive linemen in this class. You're already seeing it with, you know, the center spot. They have Braden Joyner committed, but they're pushing really hard for Braden or for Connor Liu, who's also a center. They know they need to restock that room a bunch, and that, I mean, that's the same case at tackle. Okay, another one here. Um, we've already talked about that edge rusher position and, and, and uh, you know, obviously them bringing Wilkie Denod, who I think we touched on the last um, episode, but uh, Texas Auburn grad asks, how many more wide receivers um, will we sign? Obviously, they've got Carmelo English on board. Uh, Jason, I don't know if you want to grab that one. That's that's a, it's a really difficult one because right now you look in Shedrick Jackson's the only guy that you're going to lose based on today. Uh, now, obviously, those things could change. Uh, you know, we talked about being a, a fluid situation. I think that's one where it's fluid because you might not you may not have room to sign another wide receiver, but if you lose a couple of guys, say a guy goes in the portal or a guy you know, decides, you know, uh, obviously if you're Auburn, you know, you might best case scenario, maybe sign another guy because Coy Moore comes in and blows up so much that he goes pro. Uh, you know, that'd be, that'd be best case scenario. You go, well, Hey, he left early, but he left because he was really good. Um, 
So I think some of that is, is still to be determined. Um, you know, you move Landon King, does that move work? If it does, then you've given yourself another big body there. Um, you're, you've got a really deep room right now in terms of numbers at wide receiver um, with only one senior. So uh, honestly, you, you got to keep recruiting guys. And if you get a guy that's a freak, then you take him. But I don't, I don't know that right now that's a, a big priority on the board just because of the numbers you have. All right. And then last one here. Um, boy, this is a bit of a doozy. And I can't say that I have a complete grasp on everything this is asking. So <laughs> this, will, this will test the intelligence. Here we go. Uh, I've seen multiple times someone say this is from JJ, the Auburn fan on our board, uh, a board posting legend. I've seen multiple times someone say if AU pushed, they'd be in a good spot for either one of the two tight ends committed to Miami. If so, why haven't we pushed a bit more when Thurman started trending away? We'll hit that one first before I believe the next one is in reference to Kai Preen, the, the wide receiver. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, so Miami is three tight ends committed, um, and the two that Auburn has been involved with has been Reed McKeska and Jackson Carver. Um, I think Auburn's still talking to those guys a little bit, but I mean, Tank is the number one target, and even if he is committed to Ohio State, you're still bringing him in for Big Cat, hoping to bring him in for games this fall, so you're going to keep putting the pressure on him, and in all honesty, tight end is not a super high priority like wide receiver in this class. Because in all likelihood, you're probably going to still bring back Luke Deal, Tyler Fromm, Brandon Frazier, Michael Riley Ducker. You could move Landon King back to tight end. You don't really need to bring in tight end unless it's a guy you absolutely can't live without, like a Jelani Thurman. And then the second half of that is, have seen a few notes on the Preen kid. Again, believe that it's Kai Preen out of St. James. Uh, said to be the guy that we take if we take a slot receiver with us being able to sign a big class. Why aren't we still pushing for guys like that? Is it because we expect a lot from the portal? So that's a four-star wide receiver um, from Louisiana in the 2023 class. Yeah, we we kind of touched on that just now a little bit. It, yeah. you know, some of it is numbers. Um, you, you know, it's it's kind of like one of those positions where right now, you know, for Auburn's defensive line, you know, there's only so many guys you can have at a position. And you know, for Auburn right now, you got a lot of guys at wide receiver when you talk about bringing in five newcomers in this class um, and only have one senior there. Now you lost a couple of guys, but you still, you still got a, a lot of wide receivers. So uh, I think he's a guy that you continue to talk to. He may be one of those guys that, that maybe you watch him a couple of weeks and they go, Hey, that's a guy we can't live without. And then they say, look, we're going to take him no matter what. Um, then maybe one of those guys out there, but I think for Auburn, you look at it and, and you have to, you have to start talking about biggest needs and yeah, you can bring in a lot of guys in this class, but you know, you're going to have to go, you know, portal heavy for a couple of experienced offensive linemen. Um, who knows where else you may go portal. You know, if you're looking, you know, depending on what happens at linebacker, you lose, you know, there's some older guys there that, that may decide to move on. If you, if you start talking about needing experience at linebacker, I mean, there's some positions and you know, don't forget, um, you know, Nehemiah Pritchett, Jalen Simpson are two guys that could very well both be gone after this year. And you start talking about, okay, you know, you're going to have to jump in and, and find an experienced corner to, to jump in there and play and do some of those things. So um, it's all about, you know, the fluid situation of, of trying to recruit nowadays, and that's part of it. But I do think Preen's a guy that, that obviously they're still looking at. Yeah, it's like, look, you're going to take a bigger class, but – half or even more than half of your class might just be offensive line and defensive line if you're counting the edge spot. So you really aren't taking that big of a class because you just have to 
absolutely load up at a couple spots. And when you're talking about a slot wide receiver, you already have Javarius Johnson who could come back for another year. You have Tavares Dawson, you have Jay Fair, you have Landon King, who's kind of that big slot that they might move there as well. You don't really need another slot guy. If you're bringing in another wide receiver, you probably want a big bodied wide receiver on the outside. Yeah, and just to add on, that 6'4 kid from Arizona is somebody I think that uh, Auburn's really high on. So uh, I'm not sure what's going to be the uh, the catalyst in order for them to push the button to really go after him or to uh, kind of, I guess, kind of press for a commitment. But uh, that's somebody that I know for a fact that Auburn, Auburn is about, evaluating really heavily. So, and, and, you know, we mentioned earlier we're talking about running backs. Wide receiver is a position where you can see a guy change dramatically from a junior to a senior year um, because of physicality, size. Guys just get bigger and stronger. And there may be somebody that is off the radar right now that may very well become a top target in three months. It happens all the time. Um, you look at guys that camped and they, okay, let's let's watch that guy a little bit longer and, and see what he does. So there's, there's a lot of those guys and some of those guys in the state of Alabama. I mean, there's some talented kids that are still sitting there that you go, okay, that guy's just close enough. I mean, we saw it, you know, happen today. We saw Auburn, you know, offer a corner from Hewitt Trustwell today, a guy that's come through camp and can really run athletic. Um, we'll, we'll see some of those more things happen, I think, too, as they continue, to, you know, as Duke's talked about, they continue to develop and understand more and get a, get a grasp of things. That means they've now had two summers of camps. Now, you get an idea of, of guy, okay, I remember that guy from last summer. What did he look like this summer? Okay, we're close. Now now maybe you see him three games into his senior year and go, okay, we're good. Let's go. And so uh, all those things are still on the table. Um, right before we get out, we'll just go to this last one. Um, and we don't even have to talk about it that much. But uh, Christian just says, how about Auburn being showcased on SEC Network today? Jason mentioned earlier how valuable – that airtime is yeah i think everybody uh, that was super cool obviously uh you know the foreign tour for them has not been something that has been televised in the past um actually as soon as this is over a bit of a, a teaser uh me and mark murphy are going to hop on here and uh and record a podcast about that game today and so um if you're a subscriber to the auburn undercover podcast we'll be double dipping tomorrow morning so y'all have that uh in your feeds but definitely an overmatched uh Israel yeah, under 20 squad. As I understand, they were they were even missing a few guys because of some previous games um, they had played. But, I mean, the guys who you wanted to look good, your two front court additions, Jani Broom with 8 of 9 shooting, 17 points, 9 boards, 4 blocks. It's pretty solid regardless of, of who you play. So uh, I'm really interested to see what happens when it, perceivably it's supposed to be better competition moving forward. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what else we're going to learn about this team. Yeah, I, I thought the biggest thing was – was was maybe halftime of that game. Uh, that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, the it turned into a a recruiting documentary basically for Auburn basketball. I thought it was huge. Um, thought it was a, a great spotlight for Auburn, and they got two they got two more times to do it. Uh, not to mention, you know, having Jay Billis and Roxy Bernstein and, and the SEC Network guys there documenting everything they're doing for the next week. Um, you start talking about recruiting. Um, that's as that's as big as it gets, and. That's the lifeblood of, of everything you're doing in basketball. It's it's monumental, and we've seen what it's done from Auburn in, in the past five or six years. Yeah, it's like the biggest thing about this trip is it's nice recruiting for the future, and it's nice for this team for a bonding experience. You're not really taking too much out of the actual games from it. No, I did think it was interesting that Bruce talked about like resting two or three guys per game 
to me that like at the beginning I thought that meant okay they're going to do that so that you can play you know substantial minutes for a rotation while pushing certain guys out he's experimenting with lineups everyone who's going to be in that rotation played today so I think that meant we're going to rest the guys on the end of the bench uh, because everybody everybody who's going to have a role on that team was able to play which is a big bonus for them no injuries Chris Moore's back from injury uh, we'll get way more into that. Though. I'm gonna we're gonna hop off here and, and I'm gonna go with Mark. So if you guys want to listen more about Auburn basketball, and we'll we'll touch on they just got a commitment um, from a from a very high four star guard who is gonna fit perfect in that system uh, just last night. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Auburn Undercover podcast and watching on the live stream. Um, if you guys are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, uh, it's YouTube.com/slash Auburn Undercover. We hovered Jason and Christiana. If you guys can see the 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 viewer no. count or whatever we hovered around 100 viewers like this whole time we're at 88 right now because people can hear me <laughs> people can hear me signing off but uh this was great and so we really appreciate everybody coming in here dropping the comments that's absolutely what we want to do excited to get into football season and have these round tables hopefully we'll go an hour and a half and and be able to talk well, about and SEC i think that, and all kinds of yeah stuff. and i think there's something too that that i think people can count on more about you know as we get into camp and in football season doing you know doing these weekly maybe a couple of times a week um to to add to what we already do i think it'll be fun yeah i'm super excited um this is a good time so we appreciate everybody um stopping by i i will continue to post things when we go live but if you would like to know and just get it sent to your phone that would be really great um our goal was 5000 subscribers on our youtube channel by the time the season the football season started um we're going to fall a little bit short of that because we're like 3.7 right now, but maybe we can shift that. So let's maybe let's get to 4,000 subscribers on YouTube and obviously p- podcasts, wherever you find it, go ahead and subscribe. If you haven't already really appreciate that. So uh, thank you so much everybody for jumping on. We had a, a pretty full house today. So that was a good time. So we appreciate the insight, obviously um, you know, unparalleled recruiting uh, analysis from Christian, Jason and Dukes. If you guys enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. That is the number one thing that helps us out the intro and outro music is provided by beats by mordecai you guys can follow him on twitter soundcloud and instagram and until the next episode we will catch you guys later everybody well the next episode there'll be two episodes tomorrow uh, after that we will catch you guys later in the week everybody uh, enjoy the rest of the week.